Welcome back to the Peaked Too Early podcast, episode two of season two. Uh, it was the return of football for this week and also mm-hmm. uh, for us, a return to remote podcasting. Yeah. Uh, also, due to uh, wildly unpopular hot takes, we had to fire Thomas Hughes and we have replaced him with the ever unreliable Craig. Yeah. Talking of unreliable. Mm-hmm. Talking of unreliable, I'm here with my co-host Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are Hello. you? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. I'm good. It was a uh, it was a decent weekend of football, I thought, and um, I've also particularly been enjoying seeing like the leagues around Europe kick off and and the emerging uh, narratives around Europe. Tammy Abraham, I saw, got two assists on his debut for Jose Mourinho's Roma, so that was kind of cool. Um, what a yeah. sentence that is! I know what a sentence that is. Um, and 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 yeah, I'm feeling it. I, I'm I love this this time of the season where, uh, you know, for me, nothing matters. Form isn't real, and uh, you can kind of just sit back and watch football begin to unfold. It's a uh, it's a good time. I will note maybe Oscar is only in a positive mood because West Ham have not played yet. Haven't played yet. Uh, yeah, correct, correct, correct. Uh, we, we play less tomorrow at three. Yeah. yeah, I might catch the second half of that depending on when I get back from work tomorrow. Um. Uh, you know what? We we did the double of them last season, so uh, hopefully more to come. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. All right. Uh, Oscar, do it. Are Sounds we doing good. recaps first? Uh, yeah, I'm down for whatever. Really, whatever. Um, I'm relaxed. So early in the season, can do anything. Uh, wow. <laughs> All right, we'll uh. We'll start with uh, the first match, Liverpool Burnley. Right. Uh, there's not much to say about this, other no. than I thought I thought Burnley played quite well, and this is yeah. two matches in a row where Burnley have played decent football. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not uh, productive for them this match day, but no. it's you know optimistic outlook for the rest of the season. Um, I, yeah, I would think for Burnley. I think if you were a Burnley supporter, you would be happy with the way Burnley's played in the last two matches. Yeah. Um, I yeah. This the way that they played in these opening two matches, despite two losses, I think is making me a little nervous. Uh, we haven't done our official predictions yet. That will come next weekend or maybe the week after after the transfer window ends. But I sort of in my mind have them firmly getting relegated this season, and yet it looks like. The, they might pull it together again and sort of just grind their way out. Um, they're the third oldest squad in the um, Premier League this season. Crystal Palace still have the oldest, despite the fact they they got rid of a bunch of um, of players. Oh no, actually that might have changed. Actually, um, I think that might have been last year. But they still have like a twenty eight point four is their average age or something like that. Um, I, I'm pretty concerned about them in the long term. I think that relegation. It has to come soon. I mean, if you just think of the players they have, they they've got rid of more players than they than they have have got in this season. I think they only got in one person from Stoke, maybe a centre back or something. And um, I know that the consortium that um, did the takeover uh, they had to take out a bunch of loans to do it, so they don't have any money. Um, it seems like the end of the road for Burnley for me. But in this game, you know, they were pretty dogged, and they always they always a. Uh, a threat of set pieces. Um, Allison was having a hard time uh, in the air, I thought. But, you know, this was an easy Liverpool victory. Jota on the 18th minute, Sadio Mane on the 69th. Liverpool nice. ended up having 27 shots. Um, 
67% possession. Pretty pretty comfortable in front of the cop um, and not much else to say about it, I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree. There's not much to say. Um, pretty, you know. Standard. standard in the end, Burnley. I think relatively yeah. standard. I mean, um, I'm loving the fact that on Burnley, they apparently want to get in like Maxwell Cornet from Lyon. Why the hell you would switch Leon for Burnley is beyond me. And that, that, that right there is, is just a core problem for them. They can't attract any players because, as we've said time and again, the location is just so horrible in the middle of nowhere in Lancashire that, yeah, there's going to be a problem. But anyway, um, Villa Newcastle. Blake, talk to me about Newcastle. I've been looking forward all week or all, all weekend to you uh, talking about Newcastle two games in. Well, it was... Uh... It was pretty painful. Mm. Um, it uh, both the West Ham game and this game, I sort yeah. of went into not really looking forward to it, uh, which is the way a lot of Newcastle supporters feel. Um, there's a lot of apathy yeah. right now. Although I would say it's turning back from apathy into anger, um, which yeah. is nice because it's better to feel something than like nothing. <laughs> than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get um, that. I get that. Yeah. But it was, uh, I guess, technically, it was a first half where both sides were terrible. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. The best chance, uh, Wilson got played through um, after he was bullying Tyron Mings all he day was. long. Mings was terrible um, in this match, I thought. Yeah, there were quite a few instances where Tyron Mings got absolutely rinsed, but uh, Wilson kind of boxes him out and then spins on him and mm -hmm. Mings gets turned around and doesn't know where the ball is. Meanwhile, 25 yards behind him, Wilson is running in one-on-one -on -one, yeah, uh, yeah. with the goal and he just misses wide right. Uh, yeah. And it was pretty painful. Mm -hmm. uh, that Yeah, one, he doesn't do that. Two, it just, man, that is a horrible feeling. And I'm sure he is you know, absolutely ballistic with himself. Yeah, for sure. Um, it looked like we'd go into the break 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, Villa not really producing much. Newcastle getting lucky once, but not producing much else. Mm -hmm. um, and then they decided not to mark Danny Ings on the box from a Stoke-esque uh, long throw-in. Uh, it was headed on by Tyrone Mings. Mm -hmm. uh, and Danny Ings scores a bicycle kick, what a which goal, some people way. have called an early contender for the goal of the season. Great I'll goal. be a little cynical. Um, I'll say like, yeah, bicycle kicks are very impressive, but mm -hmm. to, for a bicycle kick to win goal of the season, yeah. you have to have like the defender on your shoulder. Yeah, it has to be um, uh, Andy Carroll against Crystal Palace levels of bicycle kicks, I reckon. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and like Danny Ings, just there's four defenders around him and no one even mm -hmm. pressuring him. So yeah, for sure, it's for sure. like a training session bicycle mm -hmm. kick. Um, yeah, but whatever, yeah. you know. I thought the it was a continuation of the port. So we saw obviously last week both West Ham and Newcastle terrible defending, but for Newcastle it was certainly a continuation of that because, like you said, he should never have even been able to launch himself in the air and hit that bicycle kick. It's kind of ridiculous that no one was near him. Like, box, so. if you just put someone on his shoulder, he yeah, doesn't exactly. have the room to do exactly. a backflip. No. Uh, but anyways, so, you know, from a nil-nil going into halftime neutrally, uh, you go into halftime with your heads hung. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It was pretty foul. Um, not not great at all. Um, then after the halftime, you expect you know Newcastle to come up raring, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, that was absolutely not the case. Yeah. Newcastle, when they go behind, there's just no. There's no coming back from it. We're not a. It's a whoever scores first wins for Newcastle, um, which is yeah. a horrible way to watch football. But anyways, mm-hmm. kind of nothing really happened. Um, and then in the 62nd minute, Tyrone Mings again had a bad game defensively, but a very, very good bad. game offensively. Yeah. Um, he gets this little flicked on header that he flicks and it's uh, it hits uh, Jamal LaSalle's hand and mm-hmm. yes technically it's a handball but it's one of I those things where it was so close yeah but it's it's, it's a 50-50 call you know mm-hmm. they go one way 50% of the time 50% yeah. the other way so I'm not too mad about the penalty um, Anwil Algazi uh Stepped up. He doesn't miss pens. Yeah, he of course scored. Yeah, um, he, uh, you know, this uh, this was in the midst of uh, <laughs> like the entire Newcastle away crowd was uh, chanting some anti-Bruce chants, yeah. and then after the penalty, they just no one cared anymore. Like people no. started leaving and everything. That's so. the apathy. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um, there was just no like they weren't getting into the game at 1-0 they certainly weren't getting into the game at 2-0 no, um, no. there was one chance which I think is a bad call where Joe Willick played Wilson in over the top mm-hmm. uh, he got absolutely clouded by Emmy Martinez uh, surprisingly most pundits I've seen have been saying this is a clear red card like there's no attempt to play the ball it's super dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, Wilson ended up being offsides by a toenail, which yeah. I was under the impression that they would not be calling that offsides anymore. They have let two Liverpool goals stand up yeah. where li- the, like, the Liverpool player was a good leg offsides. Yeah. So I thought this was going to be one of those situations where last season it would be offsides, this season it wouldn't be. But whatever, you know. I think it it'll would, be a like uh depends on the ref scenario for a long time yet with these offside calls but yeah sorry yeah overall the match sucked there was a lot of homophobic chants um from both sets of fans uh which is just horrible uh there were anti-bruce chants which were good i support that um although there's like a lot of infighting amongst newcastle supporters about is it okay to you know anti have chance against either one of your players or one of your coaches mm. i fully support like you should be putting that pressure on your supporters steve bruce should know he's absolutely detested yeah uh because he got two seasons of not playing in front of any supporters so yeah. now he needs to hear everything yeah. um but whatever at full time 50% of the newcastle players stormed off down the tunnel it was funny because the radio broadcast, they were like, some of the others, like Callum Wilson and Matt Ritchie are heading over to the away fans to cheer for them. Oh, wait, never yeah. mind. They're going over to the referee to like yell at him for yeah. the 
the non-call on Wilson's uh, yeah. near penalty. So it's just, you know, bad all around. Um, it was the same shit. There's like been 50 of these matches for Newcastle. Substitutions that don't do anything. Players out of position. No tactical changes. No nothing. Players playing injured. Players rushed back. It was just the full, the full nine yards of a typical Steve Bruce performance. Yeah. I just want to... Um, <clears throat> something interesting I saw a couple of days ago actually was Bruce came out and um, this is non this is not really football related, but I thought it was interesting. He admitted that a lot of his Newcastle players aren't vaccinated and implied that conspiracy theories are rampant in dressing rooms across the UK. Um, <clears throat> and I think going forward, that'll be a really interesting uh, thing. Not football related, but I figured that I just say it now because it's Steve Bruce and Newcastle. Um, well, did, so, have you heard anything about that? Is there anything coming out of like Newcastle local press about that kind of stuff? Well, you know, there's this whole, you know, UK media versus US media. Like in the US, there's no issues. Like if a reporter finds out a player is unvaccinated, yeah, in the US, in. there's yeah. no issue with that. You you can list their name and put them on the the headline of a newspaper. But in the UK, it's all very supposedly. Certain unnamed players have not been, to, but you know, some of the players are known. Ryan Fraser is one of them, I believe. Oh yeah. Um, wow. Who supposedly there's like a lot of, like it's the reason he's not playing um, oh, is because he's right. like a nightmare in the dressing room. Mm. Um, but the weird thing is, there was this whole promotional campaign by Newcastle to get people vaccinated and in the video it had like six or seven players on camera getting vaccinated so Hmm. it's not very hard to deduce who's remaining um but yeah it's you know it's a shame um especially in newcastle where like their covid situation is absolutely horrible yeah Uh, it's like the top five yeah in 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 the top five of hotspots in the uk so yeah okay don't have to dwell on that i was just curious to hear if you had heard or read anything along those lines um let's move on from depressing newcastle uh, i have to just give a really quick shout out gorgeous kit you're playing in um really gorgeous. absolutely yeah it's the um, one positive let's go from newcastle to city rampant clinical city beating norwich 5-0 um i could list off all the goal scorers but i'll pick out just a few uh, I love that Torres goal. Um, super ruthless. He was playing up top, I'm pretty sure. Um, we know that City's didn't, fluid, but striker role. Didn't it get called offsides? Yeah, yeah. So I was about to say, um, really depressing because it was a super ruthless goal, but it was called offside. Um, I think it was a foul, right? In the build-up, uh, which is... Not a foul. Always, it yeah, not it wasn't a foul. It was very weak. Uh, always kind of a shame when that happens. Um yeah, Torres, I'll be interested to see if Pep is kind of like Loki trying to convert him into a striker. Um, and maybe we'll see that happen even more if uh, they don't get a striker in before this coming weekend, which is looking like a probability at this point. Um, Jack Grealish scored, kind of. I mean, it basically went off his knee. Um, he he didn't really know what had hit him, but uh, I'm sure it's a huge relief for him. I think you could see it on his face when he wheeled away to celebrate. Um, I texted you, Blake, actually, and I was like, I wonder what, how he feels. You know, I wonder, I wonder when he scored that goal, like, relief must be overwhelming, but does it feel sweet? Does it? Probably not. 
Um, but, you know, that was his decision. Um, Sterling got one. Lepore had a scrappy one. Um, you know, and then Mares had a great finish at the end. Uh, I think, was it Lepore lofted it over? He, he was onside and sort of touched it down, sweeped it past uh, Krull. And then there was a, a known goal as well. Um, Hanley off, off Krull. Two X Newcastle players, actually. Yeah, I have that um, in my notes. It's oh, you do? double X Newcastle own yeah. goal. Yeah, I I gotta say, Daniel Farker afterwards, Norwich manager, pretty calm. Uh, they had played Liverpool and City, obviously, as their opening two fixtures, which is hardly well fair, basically. Um, but I think people are already starting to say, "Ah, oh, Norwich, terrible. Um, they're gonna go straight back down again." Uh, for me, it's always way too early to tell. I think it clearly they play a certain way and they refuse to play any other way, which is why they get pumped all the time. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how they emerge from these two losses. Maybe they're just gonna like throw them away and and think to themselves, "This was this was nothing. Let's just start from from zero again." Um, honestly, yeah, another kind of boring game uh, because City pumping Norwich is nothing new. And um, yeah, anything? Did you watch it? Anything to say about this? Just that Narch weren't atrocious. No, they weren't. You know? But they never it's are. Like, this is the thing, right? Like it's like last yeah. season the two seasons ago, they were never really atrocious, but they just got twentieth. I mean it was uh Yeah, we'll see. Um yeah. who knows? It's way too early. I know. It feels I feel very unenthusiastic right now, sort of talking about it. But I mean I'm not I don't know. I think this is a really pivotal season for Norwich in their sort of long term as a as a top flight club because they're very very open about the fact that they're like, look, we have a plan. Like when we came up two seasons ago, we they they basically were like, we wanted to get relegated because we were never meant to be here, and this is like we're building, we're building. I I don't know if they can pull off like being that yo yo club. Um, I guess we'll see. I, I'm just concerned that. I'm concerned about the fact that they seem to get pumped so much. Just like four, five, six nils, you know, the, these are huge margins. And I think in the Premier League, especially this season, where it looks like there's going to be five or six teams that will be scrapping at the bottom, everything counts, including goal difference. And so I just find Norwich very curious. Uh, and I'm, I guess if I want to pick out one individual player, I was thinking when I was watching the highlights of this, I was like, man, this might be a terrible loan for Billy Gilmore. If it doesn't go right for Norwich this season, you know, he, this could be a, a really a stunted development. And I was trying to, I was thinking like, Man City never loaned out Phil Foden and they got a lot of criticism for it. And I was thinking like, I wonder, you know, I wonder if this was the reason why they didn't do it. Because while you could say that for young players, obviously like the game time is great, obviously. Um, you know, if they're if they're learning these bad habits, or or maybe getting a bit scared, even uh, sort of like unconsciously being destroyed or being left open in in these sort of much worse teams, I wonder how that impacts development. But we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, where should we go next? Leeds, Everton. This was a good game. Um, let's uh, just you know. For one second, touch on uh, Palace Brentford. Um, oh God! It was yeah. a, I didn't even remember it. Yeah, <laughs> it was mediocre. Um, yeah, it was like both sides are just missing two or yeah. three players to turn them into a good side. Um, yeah, right. 
Right. And then a lot of depth. Both sides have yeah. like no depth to them at all. But um, just shout out to the the Palace supporters. The stadium, the commentators I was watching were having difficulty speaking loud enough to drown mm-hmm. out the Palace supporters. So that was really cool. Um, but other than that, not much to talk about on the match. Yeah. Other than I thought uh, Connor Gallagher was all over the pitch. Uh, yeah, I thought he had a very good game. But Leeds uh, Everton, Ivan Tony as well. Yeah, sorry, Leeds Everton, do it. Uh, I yeah, this was a great game. Um, you want to take it or what's up? Yeah, I can take it. Sure. Um, I thought this match. The first thing I would note is uh, Oscar needing to eat his tongue a little bit. Uh, mm. Damari Gray played a blinder. I thought he yeah, was he very was, very good. He was really good. Yeah. Really, really and I, I, your comment, something Damari Gray does not inspire confidence. No, um, but uh, he, did, he know, did today, he right? He played yeah, great, I thought. Sure. Yeah, um, there it started off with uh, Liam Cooper, like very clearly, like just <laughs> yanking Calvert Lewin down. Um, yeah, I, I, he somehow argues. That it's not supposed to be a penalty, but it was very clear and obvious. Um, I'm actually surprised it wasn't called a penalty initially, but uh, it had to go to VAR to get called. But uh, mm-hmm. Calvert Lewin would convert, um, which I hate to see. Uh, and then not too long after, Mateusz Klich uh, would equalize. It was a great pass by Bamford, but it was a really bad mistake by Michael Keane, which this is the second week in a row where Michael Keane has had a pretty abhorrent uh, mistake. Uh, and I thought Click's uh, technique on the shot was kind of interesting. He almost messed it up. He kind of yeah. runs over the ball and then has to like dig it out from underneath of him. Um, and then after halftime, Damari Gray, uh, he would cap off a really strong 50 minutes by this sort of mistake-filled run. Mm. You know, there's mm-hmm. two or three times where you think he's taken too long, but uh, you know he finds that corner and puts Everton in front, but uh, not for long. Uh, Rafinha would equalize with a nice curler from outside the box. Um, and the end, the final 18 minutes of the match were very back and forth, and it ended with what uh, Patrick Bamford claims is a penalty, um, but I think right. that controversy is a non-controversy. Um, hmm. Not much, did not much of a foul at the end there. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. Um, I had yeah, I had fun watching this game. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Did you did you see the Yeri Mina versus Patrick Bamford fight? I don't know yeah, if I that sent was, that to you or not. Um, I I've I I I've seen like jokes about it online uh pretty ugly fight um i think ugly in just two people who don't know how to fight at all yeah a lot of hugging a yeah. lot of yeah. like of tripping over themselves it was hilarious You'd love to see it yeah um yeah i thought uh actually patrick bamford looked mildly frustrated throughout that game i thought um uh i'm wondering if he feels the pressure of replicating the goal-scoring form that he had last season. Um, I guess we'll see. But yeah, you know what? I w- look. I'm actually. I'm. 
I'm impressed by Rafa Benitez's start, to be honest with you. Um, come back against uh, Southampton and then drawing 2-2 to a, what we know is a very, very, very fit, very high-tempo uh, lead side is, is pretty damn good. And, um, you know, uh, I, I was sort of like swallowing my tongue when I was watching Damari Gray because he was excellent. And I guess the question with him is like, can you keep it up for a whole season? I thought the goal he took was like really, really great because, you know, I mean, the joke about Jamari Gray is that he has no end product, um, but he certainly showed it there. So, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see where Everton will go. Um, we've got to remember they started super, super strongly last season as well and then just completely fell off a cliff in typical fashion. Um, but yeah, you know, very entertaining game. Uh, one of the best of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, and so I that, would that was fun. Say, yeah. I would say the best match of the weekend. Yeah, possibly. Probably, even. Um, yeah, because there were a few underwhelming ones, that's for sure. Um, Brighton Watford, my favorite player, Shane Duffy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on the World score sheet class. after a horrible, horrible, horrible spell up in Celtic. He was dreadful up there. Um, what, a, what a header, by the way. Um, I like, have in uh, my notes, it is my goal of the season just already? because... It's yeah. so technically perfect. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I'm pretty sure, I mean, fluke. There's no way in hell he means it to do that. Um, but I mean, so nice. it was such a great header. Um, so props, I guess. Um, I'm curious to see if he can hold down that, that, the shirt um, throughout the season, um, especially after that spell. Um, and then Neil Morpay, uh, also getting on the score sheet right before halftime. Um, you know, Brighton look... They're right up there. What they third in the league now, two games, two wins, um, and and they're playing as always very nice football. But they look, at least early signs show that they they're looking very defensively solid, which is great. Um, and uh, their pressing abilities, I thought, uh, were on show in this game. Um, they stole the ball yeah, from Watford so yeah, many a times. lot, right? So I think that was really reflective of the fact that Watford are just coming up from the championship. We know that the championship is a slower league. Um, and so maybe there's a little bit of naivety there for the second goal. Um, I think it, I think it was Eve Basuma, who is an yes, incredible player, was. by the way, uh, stole the ball and then, and it led to Morpay's goal. Um, I saw that. Uh, Con- sorry. Yeah, the blue hair on Basuma looks great. The blue hair on Basuma looks fantastic, especially with that blue kit. Uh, Brighton always yeah, have like really nice kits. Um, I love the Brighton kits. Um, I wanted to shout out, uh, what's his name? Emmanuel Dennis. Um, he's oh, come in. Same as you? Have you got him in? I have name? in my notes. Shout out wow. Emmanuel Dennis. Well, wow. Okay. Well, you know, great minds. Um, so he, I think, yeah, he's been brought in on a permanent. I can't remember for how long. Um, he's the player who famously got those goals against Real Madrid in the Champions League for Club Brugge a few years ago. Um, uh, whispers that he's kind of a, a, an odd guy, um, maybe a little bit uh, big-headed, but he was, he's started the season on fire, um, just full of running, uh, very skillful, and um, I think it's uh, going forward, I think the link-up between him and Saar will be really interesting because I thought that a couple of seasons ago when Watford were in the Premier League and Saar, that was his debut season in English football, 
he was doing all the right things and he was excellent, but nobody could, literally nobody could keep up with him. No one had, like Troy Deeney had no pace to keep up with him. And so then there was no one in the box for these uh, crosses that Saar was putting in. I think that uh, Emmanuel Dennis is that player. And I, I think we could see a nice little uh, partnership sparking uh, if he can keep his head, what's, what's it called? Head to the floor, feet on the ground, um, not get distracted, not get complacent. Um, so I'm excited for, for both these teams moving forward. I think that Brighton will certainly be safe this season. There's four or five or six teams that are w much worse than them. So good start for Brighton and Watford. Let's see if they bounce back. I do want to say mm -hmm. it appears that he goes by Emmanuel Bonaventure, not Emmanuel Dennis. He has Dennis on his back. That's what I don't get. But yeah. a lot of these newspapers name are is just referring Emmanuel to him as... Tor Dennis. I think it's it's either like a double barrel name but or his middle name. A lot of these are just like the the websites are just referring to him as Emmanuel Bonaventure. Well, that's uh, strange. They got it wrong because he wears Dennis on his back. So who, who, yeah, knows? who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I've been very impressed with him. Uh, I think yeah. him, Ken Sema, and Ismail Asar have. Yeah, a, I love Ken Sema. Yeah. Yeah, Kenson's great. Great yeah. guy. Um, th there's some, there's some, there's some potential in this Watford team. Um, yeah. Can sorry. Can I just really like real quick? I just remembered that. Uh, so he signed on loan at Köln at the end of last season, and I just his um, the sporting director of Köln made really interesting comments. I just googled it because I remembered it. He said he's not an easy guy. Um, we know about we knew about this problem, but we took too much to risk and we misjudged it. Dennis caused a stir because his behavior is not what the squad needs to be, and we dropped him because like the group is a priority. It was a bad transfer, and that's my responsibility. This is like look like I mean we see this we have to be very careful, especially with black players. We've seen it before. Alan Samaxman is one that we we've you know apparently had a terrible character, and he's obviously like completely fine. Um, however, you know, this has dogged him for his whole young career so far. He's only 23. Famously, like, stormed off the bus at Club Brugge because, I think I said this last week, because he couldn't sit in his seat. This won't be good if slash when Watford are in a relegation scrap. Um, and so, you know, you just hope that he, you know, doesn't blow up or make life difficult for everyone. Um, I always find it strange when players are like this, but I guess that's how it goes. Yeah. Very mm. interesting. Yeah. I, that comment is very, very rarely do you get a comment like that. Yeah, I know. That's I know. like that, that direct. Uh, very direct. I don't know. I yeah. hope it's not true. You know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. What's next? Only a few more matches to talk about. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to go the big, uh, big disappointment of the match of the weekend? Big disappointment of the weekend, which was what you saw me. Southampton won. Oh, Manchester Southampton United won. Manchester won. United won. I did. Yeah, I didn't watch this one. I watched Spurs Wolves. Um, but uh, you know, yeah. Did you watch Man U Southampton? Because you're better to take it if you did. I, I absolutely did not. Yeah. No. I. I you know. I refuse to watch Manchester United. Yeah, I I was very uninterested in this game. Um all I can say is that that's a you know, you know what that that's a good point for Southampton. Um Theo was laughing a lot because 
he said that um, the United fans were going absolutely mental on Twitter. Um, I've seen that there's been uh, criticism chucked at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because Varane didn't start and Sancho didn't start. I don't think Varane is fit enough, first of all. Sancho is still being integrated in the squad. doesn't really make sense to me. Um, Pogba got his fifth uh, assist of the season in two games. Mason Greenwood scored again. Uh, pretty a pretty poor shot, I thought, but uh, he Very is poor. a player that outperforms XG. He's just one of those like statistical anomalies, I think, and we'll see that for the majority of his career, I reckon. Um, and then you had a Fred own goal uh, from a Che Adams deflected shot. Um, so so yeah. unlucky. So unlucky. Yeah, that was that should that yeah that's a sucky own goal basically. Um, it's initially the mother I thought, of own yeah. goals. Initially, I thought the David de Gea. I was like, oh my god, like that's horrible from David de Gea. Like, how didn't he? But it was it was a pretty wicked deflection. Um, and it curled in. Um, I thought that Armstrong could have, should have, question mark, won it for Southampton. Um, with a clear chance. Uh, but he just yeah put it against de Gea. Um, which wasn't. Wasn't a great look for him, but I think he'll get plenty this season. Um, I wanted to say, I was talking to Theo, and I promised I'd put it in the pod. He, he wants everyone to know that his hot take of the season is that Jaden Sancho will be uh, very average, which he wants to stress is not a reflection on, how he, on like Jaden Sancho as a player, slash he thinks he'll come good. However, he thinks we'll see an average season from Jaden Sancho, which I can get behind for sure, um, despite the fact Jaden Sancho is obviously excellent. Um, and I'm interested to see the, when he'll come into the starting 11. The thing is, like, that's kind of to be expected of Manchester United signings. Like, they, mm, yeah. they don't hit very often. Yeah, Fernandez, that's the, a good they're one. They're like Arsenal. But, yeah. yeah, well... Yeah, I meant like, you know, going back the last... No, I was literally just trying to think of signings like, that had, had done well, yeah. Um, Martial, atrocious, uh, mm. especially for the fee at the time. And especially um, for the hype as a youngster, yeah. You could argue Paul Pogba has not nah, been what he was nah. hyped to I mean, be. Not Although he's been in incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and they, they have this... Manchester United has a very weird squad in that mm-hmm. w- one. So behind Harry Maguire and Varane, their third center back is Victor Lindelof. Yeah, Victor Lindelof. Who yeah. I don't rate. And they have two starting midfielders in uh, Matic and Fred, both of whom I don't rate. McTominay. They got McTominay. McTominay's the starting Luke Shaw. Midfielder. Don't rate. How do you not rate Luke Shaw? That's ridiculous. You just hate Man U players. I think to be he's fair. had a great he's had a great last year. Yeah, sure, but I mean that's not. Yeah, I I think you have to take okay listeners take what Blake is saying with a pinch of salt because you got that top six bias, which I totally understand. But I I yeah I I, I agree with you that the you know it's not the it's not the deepest or strongest squad out there. Um, I still think the attack is one of the if not maybe the best in the league on song um although you know yeah martial my god he what happened to him because i just just horrible um and he's still only 25 which is insane um so i think if replace martial who started this match with rashford yeah. and start yeah, or and cavani replace mason yeah. greenwood with Jaden sancho and i think 
it's the strongest front four. Yeah, it it has to be right. Premier League. Yeah, yeah, easily, yeah. easily, yeah, easily. Um, and 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 you know they showed that against Leeds, but this is the problem where it's like we saw this last season where they fluctuate from from these ins- like really great performances to these very average ones. Um, again, it's the second game of the season. Nothing is real. Um, but yeah, I think. I think that maybe if they get Varane in, then against teams like Southampton, they won't have to play a double pivot. In you know, we saw Matic and Fred playing that double pivot with Varane in. That's probably not necessary. So that means that you can switch up the formation, put in another attacking player, kind of thing. Um, we saw Jesse Lingard come on in like the 86th minute. Um, if that's what he's staying at Man United for, instead of coming back to West Ham, uh, I don't want really get it. Seems pretty sad to me. Um, probably the way I think we're looking at Jesse Lingard's last season at United. I just, oh my god, I just wish he'd come back to West Ham. But that's how it goes. He, I think he's even said that he doesn't. If he leaves United, he wants to go abroad anyway. So it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But I thought that was just a t- slightly sad. But anyway, um, let's do real quick Spurs Wolves. There's nothing in this. Look, it was a Wolves one nil win. Um, sorry, jeez, Spurs one nil win. Um, you know what? I watched the game. It was decent. Um, Wolves actually dominated. Adama Traore is like just you cannot handle him whatsoever. But he has no end product. Um, exactly. he, he was just running rampant against that back line, just completely destroying them. And yet, you know, he had a few clear chances. You just can't put them away. Which is a shame yeah. because he's a wonderful player. Um, it was uh, okay on that pen. There's contact, but uh, I watched it many times. Deli Ali is diving before that contact. He springs off his feet and is falling before the contact. I see why it was given, but he, I, I think that it would have been a bold call not to give it. But I, I would have backed it because he, he dived before before the contact. Um, but then he slotted it away. And yeah, Wolves basically like dominated, but wasn't no end product. Um, it'll take Jimenez a while to get back on on song, and uh, I guess we'll see. I think it could be another very mediocre season for them. What um, about I, yeah? No, go. Hold go. on. So on the penalty, I totally agree. Like he's certainly going down a little early. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally understand the call. Um, yeah, I understand. Because I think even if he doesn't go down, I think he ends up getting taken down anyways. Maybe. Um, unless yeah, he maybe. could think really quickly and hop over it. But uh, is there anything in the rules about you have to actively avoid being taken down? Um, no, no, surely not, right? But... Yeah, so that's... Yeah. It, then... Like, I think he's kind of justified, or at mm. least the call of a penalty is a little bit more justified. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was funny because he, he was falling before the contact 100%. He was falling before the contact, so yes, I agree. Um, yeah, um, but anyway, that was, uh, you know, two games, two scrappy ish wins from Tottenham. I'm very interested to see how they keep going with a one nil loss in midweek to. Some Portuguese side in the Europa Conference League or whatever. So strange. But oh, and Harry Kane came off the bench and looked unbothered, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think he's going yeah. anywhere at this point. So yeah. Um, 
finally uh arsenal chelsea so you would put before the game i was literally like if i this is morbid but like gun to head someone was like you have to make a fifty thousand dollar bet on this game I, i would be like lukaku will score and it took him 15 minutes to score um it was like just going to happen um you know i'm seeing so i watched this whole game i'm seeing everywhere like dominant chelsea win which i wouldn't disagree on um it was you know but i honestly i honestly did not think arsenal were that bad they came out of the traps really fast they were looking really good it's just that chelsea weathered it and then scored really easily which is like very chelsea-esque and at the same time very arsenal-esque um you know i I, I, I'd like to hear what you have to say about this game, obviously. Um, it's, it's not a great look for Arteta, especially seeing as they have City next. I wasn't, I'm not that down on Arsenal. I really like Lukonga. He looked good. And Smith Rowe's always up for it. Um, Chelsea are formidable. Like, it's like insane. Like, you can't, no, t- it's like they could go and never concede a goal. It's, it's just too easy for them. Um, and, and now, especially with Lukaku. But, you know, it was a relatively enjoyable game in, in, in fits and bursts. Um, I thought both teams were up for it, for sure. Um, I don't think you could accuse the Arsenal players of not trying. Um, but, yeah, what did you think? Uh, what chances did Arsenal have yeah. other than the VAR check for the penalty? I can't, yeah, so, n- off the top no. of my head, none come. Not really, no. Not 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 a huge amount of chances. I think there were lots of like almost, almost there kind of thing. However, what I'm what I was focusing on was really like the effort, and I thought that they, you know, they put together some some nice, some nice plays. I guess I I think I think that what I said that opinion is literally reflective of how average Arsenal are. Right, where it's like, it's like, Averages. I was listening to the yeah I was listening to the a pundits kind. <laughs> I was listening to the pundits. Lee Dixon was one of them, right? And he was going on about. I mean, I like Lee Dixon well enough, but he's old school pundit, so you know he says annoying things. But he was going on about how, like, how ridiculous this is, like how, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, literally, Arsenal. I mean, I, I know it's a meme, but it's not a meme at this point. Arsenal are a mid-table team, like straight up. And it, so, if they switch, just you, they have to switch their mentality. Why should they beat Chelsea? Why? Why the hell should they beat Chelsea? It's the same thing as West Ham and Newcastle going and playing Chelsea. No, you do not expect to win. And that is how Arsenal should be thinking. I mean, just look at the players on the pitch. Seriously. Like, Chelsea have one of the best teams in the world. And they're up against Rob Holding and Pablo Mari as centre-backs. Cedric Suarez, who wasn't good enough for Southampton. 22-year-old Lukonga, who has literally just come from the Belgian Pro League, right? Smith Rowe, excellent, fine. Martinelli, injury-prone, yet to be, you know, tested a ton. Pepe, 70 million pound flop. Tierney is excellent, we know that. And, and then what else? Like, what are they expecting? Seriously. And, and they and even had Aubameyang, had literally just had COVID and had to come off the bench, and I think Lacazette's still out. So what... I, what Arsenal fans are expecting, I don't know. And they just, these expectations, they, they, they should have been reassessed like six years ago. And it's insane. It's, in, it's exhausting that high profile Arsenal pundits, fans, etc., are, are genuinely, unironically expecting them to be competitive against the likes of Chelsea. It makes no sense to me. 
And and okay. I think that's yeah, that's why I was like, you know what, they were pretty good because if West Ham played like that against Chelsea, I'd be like, you know what, we were pretty good. So there you go. Listen, you listed their starting lineup. Listen to their bench outside of yeah. Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. Ainsley, Maiton, Niles, yeah. Nuno Tavares, Average. Callum Chambers, Reese Nelson, Terrible. Mohamed El Nenny, who is a great player. Yeah, he is great. Uh, Fuller and Balogun, Ser Kalasinac, yeah, and Aaron terrible. Ramsdale. That's a mid-table yeah. squad. That is, but that's what I'm saying, Blake. It's literally, it's not even a joke mid-table. It's like, it's straight up like that is an 11th placed finish, like a 10th place finish. So, you know, I think in the, in the show notes or whatever they call it before, they made sure to say that Xhaka had signed a contract extension and we're building this like super young team and this is the turnover kind of thing. That's all, like, I buy that totally. But, and I, I like that even. I, I like some of the players that they brought in. Nuno Tavares, Lokonga, Odegaard's a great player. Like, sure, like this turnover is great. But they are, have an impossible task getting the fans to understand that. And, and that's why this club will remain toxic for an indefinite amount of time because the privilege of the Arsenal fans is something to behold, for sure. Yeah, the only thing, you know, separating West Ham, Newcastle, and Arsenal is when Newcastle and West Ham play each other, Mm-hmm. Who knows who wins? It'll be a 50-50. When Newcastle yeah. plays Arsenal, I can guarantee you Newcastle will get smashed by Arsenal. That is the only thing Arsenal are clinging to yeah. that makes yeah. them, quote, a big side. Um, yeah. And 50% of that is because Newcastle sets up horribly against Arsenal. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, you could say Arsenal's like a mid-table side that spends like a top six side. But that's not yeah. even true because we're seeing mid-table sides yeah, nowadays Villa. that can afford yeah. 50 million mm-hmm. pound signings. Yeah. So they, they don't even have that, which is a part of the, like a large part of the frustration of Arsenal mm-hmm. supporters is they think like what how can we or like why don't we spend more? But you know, they're spending about on par with other mid mid-table sides. Yeah. So except for their contracts, my goodness. <laughs> the wage yeah. bill of a big six yeah, side. I know. Sure. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think Arsenal are an embarrassing club, embarrassing fans. And you know what? They could, they honestly, they could be a fun club with all these young players, but they won't be. And I just feel bad for their, their players like Bakayo Saka, who is genuinely like a world class talent and possibly will rot um, in, at Arsenal. And so I hope he can get out somehow. Yeah. Also, um, yeah. the Arsenal fans were torrid today. Uh, I hate throwing stuff. Uh, at it's Lukaku well known how much I hate, I hate Arsenal fans. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and oh, you know, you know, let's talk about. Sorry, run on. I mean, these are two teams. I two clubs I absolutely despise. But run on Arsenal over Chelsea. Uh, dominant Lukaku. Love that he got his goal. I love Romelu Lukaku, even though I hate Chelsea. And. Um, and, you know, formidable, frankly. And I think they have the best squad in the league. Tuchel kept saying, like, when you come fourth, like, you can't be the favorite to win the league. Rubbish. They, if they don't win the league, I don't even know. Like, especially with City not having a striker, which they so clearly need. They have the best team in the league, Chelsea. And, um, and they should be winning it. So, we'll see. Yeah. Not much else to add. 
Nope. It, I think it's going to come down to Chelsea, Man City. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. I don't, I, United will be in the top four for sure, but they probably won't go close to the title, I reckon. Okay, that is our recaps. Do you yeah. want to give a... Uh, I guess we uh, we have sort of a new segment. We do, it's uh, sort of. It's like yeah, a sort of. Yeah, mutated version of last year's predictions. Mm. Uh, we will now solely be predicting we'll each pick three matches and each try to you know yeah call our shot one up the other uh, yeah yeah one up the other and mm. so instead of doing every match we're just doing the three now so oscar all right say your three and like a one sentence justification okay. for each. um i'm going liverpool one chelsea one despite the fact i just bigged up chelsea i reckon liverpool the cop uh will be sneakily good this season also for the narrative i kind of want it to be a draw um wolves two man united one this is a fun one uh i was pretty impressed by wolves today i think this is where this comes from um they were they were great and and i think if they play their cards right against man united this is a this is this is a a real possibility um i think united are very very capable of scoring um but yeah uh, maybe a jimenez double that would be nice and then Tottenham 2, Watford 0. Um, I would like to say, I think this will be another poor Tottenham performance, but I think we'll see like, oh my God, like Nuno, like three games, three wins, clean sheets, three clean sheets kind of thing. Um, I, don't, I don't think Watford are great. Um, so, you know, that's where this is coming from. Maybe a Harry Kane goal, um, a Son Kane kind of thing. And yeah, those are my three predictions. Here's hoping. Uh so my first prediction will be Manchester City 3, Arsenal 0. Um, I think you know, Man City have the firepower and Arsenal have looked poor enough uh, and have a poor sure. defense and a poor for goalkeeper. Sure. So yep. there is certainly um, some, a chance for a, some real question marks about Arsenal um, to be formed after this match. My second match is Southampton 3, Newcastle 1. Oh, no. Um, I think I think it's going to be the first four or five matches of the season will all be losses and things are going to get really toxic really quickly. Um, oh, yeah. Although I would say there's a potential for like a nil-nil versus Manchester United just because that's the way Newcastle do things. Uh, but I think the first part of the season is going to be very, very rough. Um, and I think things are not looking good, uh, you know, all around at Newcastle, both on the pitch and off the pitch. So, you know, yep. it's all ugly. Uh, it's very depressing. And as a result, I'll at least try to salvage one thing by getting this prediction correct. And my third is uh, Everton 2, Brighton 1. And I picked this because uh, the betting odds have Brighton as a clear favorite over Everton. Ooh, uh, I like that. And so I was like, you know what? Little flutter. Everton, Everton yeah. aren't bad um, yet. No, yeah, they... I think yeah, I think yeah, they can yeah. pull it off away at Brighton. Um, uh-huh. My beautiful waiter, glasses tuck on ninety minutes. So nice. With that being said, I have some questions for you, Oscar. I am excited as always. I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling ready. I should have. I'm very annoyed at myself for not getting the bid well. Last week, should have got that. I think it was Thomas's horrible negative influence that was clouding my 
my thinking power. And so I'm ready for you. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week I did a Brentford edition. Uh, yes. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of nice. I'm going to do another uh, side in the Premier League. Oh, I like that. I like that. Today's uh, theme is Arsenal. Uh, which is half alphabetical, half because they got smashed. Um, yeah, hilarious. Two yeah. weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first player you should know extremely well. Mm-hmm. Very, very well. Oh, okay. He started his career at Bastia in France mm-hmm. before joining Arsenal, where he spent six years and made over 150 appearances. Okay. Uh, in 2006, or sorry, in 2012, he moved to Barcelona. Oh, I know who this is. Where he yeah. spent four years. He moved to West Ham twice on loan, yes. making 50 appearances or 45 appearances. My God. Then he went to Ruben Kazan, Sion in Switzerland, got mm-hmm. sent down to the second team, Sion 2, in the Swiss Junior League. Yeah, and he is now at this club since 2020. Mm. Can you tell me where one Alex Alexander Song? Song yeah, is? Alex Song, Alex Song. So I, I yeah. So obviously, like, very good for West Ham in that first season, 2014-15. Uh, pretty poor in the following one. Weird slash great career. Still only what is he like? 34. He's young. He's not that 31? old. One. I don't know. 33. Okay, so. He's been around forever. Uh, this is me stalling because I—it's some really weird name. This this club, but yeah, really like great career. It looked like it was gonna like launch itself into the stratosphere when he moved to Barcelona after those six years at Arsenal, but obviously never happened. So look, I know that this team that he plays for has a slash in it, and I know it has a number in it. Am I correct? Yes. And I'm trying to envision it. Can I get? A letter hint. A. Okay, is it? It is a uh, city. Yeah. Uh, it's Arta, right? Yes. But Arta. Give me the full okay. Name so of the it's club. Arta slash, and I'm gonna go. It's Salah. Arta slash Salah seven or Soler. It's something like Sun. Some something like that. Association Sportive de Arta Arta Solar <gasps> for sponsorship wild. sponsorship reasons. For uh, sponsorship reasons. Oh god. No idea what Solar Seven is. Solar I mean, Company. So he, oh, Solar. oh maybe it's literally Solar Seven, not Solar. <laughs> um, I yeah. I'm slightly sad. I mean, I'm assuming he doesn't play or like just doesn't Correct. really do anything. Yeah. yeah. I believe has never made appearance for them. Yeah, so it's like uh, strange, but you know, this is how it goes. Um, he's made a ton of money, and I'm sure he's living life. Um, good on uh, nephew of Rigoberto Song, who was also a great player back in the day. Um, shout out the songs. Doesn't he also have a music career? I have no idea. I think he had a music career, and he Honestly, also no clue. I remember he was big on like the FIFA, like those tournaments where they'd have a bunch of professional players come in and play celebrities. Oh, yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. He was always right. one of those guys. Mm. You know, strange mm. player. Yeah, strange player. 
But you know, for for what for a for a five year stretch, he was one of the best in his position in the world. Maybe three, four year stretch. You know, in that in those latter Arsenal years, he was he was great. Yeah, and yeah. he got some huge paydays out of it. Yes, good for him. Okay, moving right. on from Alex Song. Okay. Um, you know, I'll say he had quite a decent career. He just, it fell off very quickly. Yeah, it just fell off a cliff. We um, see this with players sometimes. Their legs just go I, or whatever. Yeah. I believe it was one of his problems at Arsenal is he had like Injuries. two knee injuries. Yeah. And I think yeah. he was like advised to play through it as a youngster. And yeah, it's horrible. Um, horrible. But, okay, my next question. All right. Uh, what are some of Arsenal's former names before they oh. record Arsenal football? Oh, I know club? one. I know one. Sorry to interrupt. Go. No, Is no. that it? Can I just go? There are four names other than Arsenal. I know. Um, I know Woolwich Arsenal was one, right? Yep. And I have literally no idea the rest. So there was one name between Woolwich Arsenal and Arsenal. And that was when they were briefly called the Arsenal. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, awesome. Before Woolwich Arsenal, they were called Royal Arsenal. Okay, strange. And before that, they were called Dial Square Football Club. Dial Square? Oh, that's strange. Yeah, I've never, very strange. I guess it's, it's just a place. A place. I've never heard of yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Um, hmm. it, it's, they were Dial Square of Arsenal. Dial Square um, of Arsenal. Dial Square. Huh. Okay. Must be a place uh, in Woolwich, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Nice. I, I, yeah. I have no idea. Um, okay, a slightly easier question. Uh, mm -hmm. When was the last time Arsenal had Champions League football? Oh, that would be... Ooh. Not last year, not the year before. Oh, it's been a while. 1718. Uh, Correct. 2017, oh, nice. 2018. Yeah. Um, who is the better player or the better goalkeeper? Ooh, oh, Burned Leno oh. or Aaron Ramsdale? Oh, that's a hard one, man. I think so. I reckon that um, Ramsdale will take the shot from Leno this before the season's done. Oh, quick shout out! Leno made an insane save from Lukaku today. Did you see it? It was nope. a bullet point blank bullet header from Lukaku, and he pushed it onto the bar. You, you should. It was a very good save. Um, and Lukaku like couldn't believe it. He was like, what the hell just happened? Um, who's the better player? I mean, I guess you have to say it's Bernd Leno just because Aranzo is 23 and has played for two relegated sides so far. So that's like hardly fair for us to say that Leno is worse. I think Ramsdale probably has a higher ceiling than Leno. I, I, I rate Leno well enough. I don't think he's been very I don't think it's a great fit for him at Arsenal. I, I think he clearly doesn't love being at Arsenal. Obviously, he's not signing this new contract, so he'll leave soon, probably back to Germany. But back in his Leverkusen days, I mean, he was great. Um, so yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go Leno, but Jerry's out on uh, Ramsdale. I think I think Ramsdale will turn into a pretty good goalie. People love to clown Ramsdale because he obviously like got relegated with two teams, but statistically, he's he's a very good very good goalie. Um, and I know like. When you're in a relegated sides, it's like you get much more chance to shine. But at, at his age, for the amount of experience he has, uh, you know, pretty decent, I reckon. Maybe he will make it three straight relegations. Yeah, I hope so. Um, all right. And then my final question to wrap up this episode is, 
Uh, will Arteta survive until Christmas, and will Ooh, he survive until the end of this season? So, mm, I think Christmas... Oh, God, that's hard. It's so hard. Christmas, yes, I reckon he will. I think Arsenal will be fine, eventually. I really do. I don't... I mean, they're... I know I just ranted about them for like five minutes, which felt good, by the way. But um, I, I think they will be fine. I think they, they, have a, they have a decent enough team to, to beat those around them. Um, Brentford may be a bit of an anomaly because they're away on the opening day. Brentford haven't been in the top flight since 1947. Chelsea, you're not beating Chelsea. But teams around them, they should be fine. Um, they have good players to come in like Udegaard and Aubameyang and Lacazette's going to come back and provide competition, etc. Um, and who knows, maybe they'll add before the, the end of the window. Um, I think Arteta will stick around uh, until Christmas because I think their form will be fine. Uh, till the end of the season, I can't give you a prediction. I'll just say yes, I guess, um, for the reason that I don't think that anyone else will want to come to Arsenal to manage them. Who are you looking at? Like, Eddie Howe? Like, no foreign manager is going to... If no one wants to go to Tottenham, Tottenham are in a better state than Arsenal right now. And they went through six managers. And every single one of them was like, no, Graham Potter said no to them. And he manages Brighton. So, like, you know, I don't think anyone's going to want to come and take this poison chalice. And why would they? So I think for that reason, if, if not for any tactical nous, uh, Arteta will, will be staying. Okay. Hmm. You know, you call your shot. You yeah. are the, the Arteta supporter. Arteta supporter, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, with that being said, uh, hopefully we don't have to fire you oh, before not. the next podcast. Hope like not. Arteta might get fired. Mm, possibly. Uh, with that being said, thank you for listening to episode two yes. of the Peak Too Early podcast. Uh, the next time you hear from us will probably be next week. Maybe we'll hopefully. be in person. Maybe we'll have Maybe. Thomas. Maybe, Maybe we'll have someone else. We would like knows? to do predictions next week, no? That would be good, right? Transfer window ends next week right 31st so oh so if, no, if we can Tuesday. so we'll do it. No, no no we'll do it we'll do it the week following week because who knows there'll be deadline day signings that might change the course yeah so right. yeah the people who are banging on our front doors demanding we yeah. get our predictions demanding in our as predictions. soon as possible patience uh, patience yes please good things come to those who wait mm, exactly. and uh we will see you guys next week take care we will take care bye i'm standing <laughs>